2: You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys and serve them at Thanksgiving as Terbookins. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could, because at the Barnes and Noble Book Hall you can get over a thousand titles for fifty percent off. Stock up at your local Barnes and Noble. Turbookens are fictitious and should not be cooked at home.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome to the October second, twenty seventeen edition of the Fantasy Football Report, a murder-biz podcast brought to you by my bookie. The official sports book of Rotiviz Radio. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co host is Blair Andrews, who you can follow at Am I The Real Blair. Blair, how's it going?
2: It's going pretty well. Uh, you know, it's that time of year where if you have young kids, you're probably sick right now. So my whole house is recovering from that. But it's all good. We got a lot of stuff to cover today, so I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, some good football today. I think that
1: concerns of the NFL's demise were. We're uh, put to bed today, at least. There were a lot of good games, so I'm I'm pretty excited to talk about them. And joining us today on the show to talk about those games is Eric McClung. He is a contributor for Player Profiler, as well as Numberfire. He also hosts The Big Tilt, which is a Roto Underworld DFS show. You can follow him on Twitter, at Eric McClung. Eric, thanks for joining us tonight, man. How is everything? Oh,
3: it's great! Yeah, as as you mentioned, uh, yeah, the NFL is fine. I, I mean, all of these games are competitive and going into the fourth quarter. So, yeah, the the notion of these games being boring is over. And I just want to say, yeah, it's great. I feel like I've completed the Rotoviz Triple Crown. I was on the mailbag with Jeremy in the off season, week one. Pat had me on Rotoviz radio. So, and I, I'm not smart enough to get on the numbers game, so I'm not going to count that show. But I'm going to go with these with these as the big three. Call this the Triple Crown. So I'm waiting uh, for my my uh, really cool pullover that I keep, hear, keep hearing you guys talk about.
1: Yeah, you definitely want to get some access. You know, you want some exposure to the pullover. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later in the show. Always a good thing, uh, you know, for the listeners to get a hold of. Uh, and actually, it kind of brings me to an interesting point. I was going to mention this towards the end, but we do have a lot of new shows. And to help kind of sort through all those, uh, the is Radio Feed While it still exists with our, you know, as our main home of all the podcasts, we have individual feeds now for all the shows. So if you went on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and you searched Fantasy Football Report, you would find just this show and all the podcasts. So all the other shows also have their own feed. Definitely check those out if you're, if you're just a fan of one or two shows, uh, maybe this one and, and one of the other ones. I totally understand, and, and you know you don't have to clog your, your iTunes anymore. You can just kind of get access to this, those one or two shows, so uh, definitely check that out. Uh, let's get right into some news. Biggest item of the week, I would say, Dalvin Cook suffered a non-contact injury against the Lions on Sunday. The team fears that he may have torn his ACL, and certainly if you saw the injury, it definitely looks that way. Uh, Eric, it's obviously tough to see a young player go down like that, but who are you picking up as a result, and does this increase the utility of the passing game?
3: Yeah, this is really brutal for for Dalvin Cook, you know, and it just reminds you at any time, any play, any player can go down. Uh, So it's horrible. You know, don't tweet the athletes that, you know, your fantasy team has been sunk. You know, send them condolences, condolences or thank you for helping your team win. Otherwise, you know, get off of them. But, uh, you know, I'm uh, here in part representing. Player profiler, so I'm obligated contractually to talk about Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> that would be the guy that you you I would think that I want to pick up definitely. But you know, he lost a fumble. I think they tried him in like a Wildcat situation or something like that, kind of a, a throwback to his college days where he was an option quarterback. You know, we know he's a, a spark superstar and all of that. You know, he looked fairly decent, I guess you could say, at least in the passing game at the end of last year, the offensive line, you know, night and day, really what it is this year versus last year. And, you know, it's funny, Cook's Stock, really, in Dynasty, in addition to tanking the combine, also was tied into this offensive line. Uh, same with his redraft, where I thought he was pretty undervalued. And it's just a reminder that, you know, these offensive lines, We I don't think we know as much as we think we do. So fade offensive line talk. We saw Andy Dalton light it up. You know, he was supposed to be totally sunk by his offensive line as well. And I, I think it's one of those really bad offseason narratives.
2: Yeah, I agree. The guy, I would definitely you know, in a vacuum want in this backfield now is McKinnon. Uh, I don't know if it's related to his fumble because I haven't seen the game yet, but he was out snapped by Murray 20 to five after Cook went down. So that's a little disappointing. Like, uh, the team doesn't exactly trust him to run between the tackles and stuff. and um, he was targeted twice. So was Murray. So it's, you know, you don't like to see that as a McKinnon fan. Um, so that has, that's giving me some pause about picking up McKinnon. I kind of eh, don't want to pick up Murray just out of principle, but I am I don't know. I'm biased or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm taking a stand here and definitely picking up McKinnon. I think that his pass game workload was pretty well demonstrated the last couple of seasons. I think that he's definitely going to have a role on passing downs. And I think that because Latavius Murray really isn't that good they're not going to get a lot going on the ground with him I think that this means that whether it's Case Keenum or Sam Bradford the Vikings are just going to throw the ball a lot more they have really really good weapons obviously Stefan Diggs Adam Thielen those guys have both been really good to start the year I think that it's pretty obvious that their best chance at scoring points is going to be through the air so if you just keep McKinnon in the game and maybe play with a little higher tempo I think that this offense can still be pretty successful. It's a huge blow, I think, to what they want to do overall, but there's just no way that I'm picking up Latavius Murray. The the one thing that I think is pretty interesting is uh, I was talking with Rotovis contributor Matt Lamarca today, and he was just saying, like, like, what are the odds that the Vikings pick up Matt Asiata? Because
0: he was no, on Detroit. No, no, please don't. <laughs> he, he, no, he was no, on Detroit. No,
1: we don't need to do this. We don't need to do this. <laughs> he was on Detroit, and now he, he, they cut him. So, I mean... System system familiarity. I, I feel like, like if if I told you that the Vikings picking up Matt Asiata was like minus one thirty, are you just like hammering that? Like, oh gosh, I, <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm I'm just gonna log out. I'm just gonna <laughs> take all my dynasty teams. Take uh, <laughs> take somebody take over my season long teams. I'm out of here.
1: The good news though is that I think we would know we would know if that was the case before waivers hits and stuff. So I'll just keep an eye out for that.
2: All right. Next news item. Joe Mixon rushed 17 times for 29 yards while adding four catches for 19 yards in the Bengals' week four win against the Browns. Mixon has averaged only 2.6 yards per carry through the first month of the season, but he did get the biggest workload in the backfield for the second straight week. So are you buying or selling, Mixon? Oh, geez. Uh
3: You know, I'm still a believer in Joe Mixon. Yeah, I mean, this was brutal against the Browns. This was the assumed breakout. On defensively, the Browns were down one or two guys on their defensive line. So this just set up great. You know, you mentioned 17 carries. It led the team, so that's a positive. Only 29 yards. That's pretty bad. Caught all four of his targets. You know, this this O-line, at least from, from a run standpoint, does look pretty bad. There's also some, some gifs out there about uh, Mixon just kind of missing holes and just, you know, not looking very good or, or running intelligently. So that's pretty bad. I mean, there's no way you can really sell the guy here. I don't know if he's going to be hitting waiver wires, maybe in shallow leagues or, or something like that. In that case, I certainly would be interested. You know, I guess if, uh, yeah, if somebody's looking to sell, I'd at least talk about it. I wouldn't go overboard, but this still does look like the leader in the clubhouse when when it comes to the backfield. We saw Gio Bernard go off for a big play, but other than that, they, you know, he wasn't otherwise impressive, uh, not as a runner in and, and Hill. There were some weird runs they had with Hill, having him go outside. They pitched it out to him. Things were... You know, Mixon would make a lot more sense. So, I think there's still some fine tuning that they need to do, and I, I would really hope by the end of the season, Mixon will, will rise above this a little
1: bit. I mean, from from a usage standpoint, obviously it's good to see that Mixon has done a lot. He's at least 17 carries and three receptions each of the last two games, so the the volume is enticing. I uh, I'm just not gonna buy him because I'm just really enjoying rooting against him, like. I just think that the guy's a total scumbag and uh, like the fact that the fact that he like couldn't separate from Samadji Piran in college was a pretty big red flag for me. I don't think it's completely a given that he's actually good at football. I know that he does some things on tape that people are excited about, but the bottom line is that if you're not going to produce, like if you can't find the holes, it doesn't really matter what kind of athletic ability you have or, or any of that stuff. So, I mean, I'm sure that the schedule will loosen up a little bit for him. Also, I, I kind of an underreported story today. I thought it was just that the Browns run defense is actually pretty good. They were sixth and rush DVOA uh, football outsiders metric coming into this game. So, I mean, the schedule probably should get easier, but you know, the bills next week have been good. Steelers in two weeks, Colts in three weeks. I, I don't, I might, we might not, we might not see the mix and breakout until they play the Jags in November. And by then I think a lot of the shine is gonna to have to come off him in terms of his fantasy value. So I uh, I'm temp I'm tempted to buy, but I think in general I'm just gonna stay away on principle.
2: I mean, I think another reason maybe to stay away is that he's kind of got a you know, a, like a touch squeeze from both sides, because he's got Hill still taking some of the carries and Bernard getting some of the passing down work. Uh and it doesn't seem like either of those guys are going away. So I mean if his touches are capped at, you know, twenty one or Whatever he had today, um you know, maybe there's not as much upside there as we're hoping, uh so yeah, I think unless you see him actually actually do something actually produce maybe waiting is the wise uh course of action, I'm not buying him quite yet i want see I want to see a little more before i before I get invested,
3: yeah, I would just say at the end of the day, he is the starter, and I think it'll remain that way for the end of the season, so if somebody is just like fed up, I need to get rid of this guy. And, you know, I'm, I'm interested. I'm going to listen. You know, I'm going to listen. I'm not going to aggressively buy him, but I'm certainly going to, you know, send the guy any a message or something and say, hey, you know, wh- wh- you know, Mixon's not looking too good. Are you, you know, wh- wh- how do you how do you sit here? And if he's willing to sell, I'll, I'll certainly listen. But, yeah, I'm not going to not, not going to go crazy, as you mentioned. Yeah, he's certainly not uh, a, <laughs> certainly not a good human being. So uh, there's plenty of reasons to want him to to fail. Um, but, you know, he is a starter. And for fantasy purposes, um, I'm slightly interested.
1: Yeah, so we were talking a little bit before about odds just in terms of Matt Asiata joining the Vikings. And that brings that brings me to one of our presenting sponsors, which is MyBookie. I think, you know, if you love sports betting like I do, MyBookie is the way to go, mybookie.ag. There's absolutely no site that you should trust ahead of my Bookie. They have live betting, in-game betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And, you know, again, if you're like me, you're doing a lot of your bets on the fly. You're at the bar with your friends, you're hanging out on your couch. Maybe you're just too lazy to pick up your, your computer. Um, but you know, my Bookie's mobile site allows me to easily make wagers while in all those scenarios, doesn't have the slow site loading speeds that other books have, and it's pretty easy to figure out. So I think that my bookie is definitely the way to go join now. My bookie will match your deposit for up to a 100% bonus. That means you get money just for signing up, use promo code, wrote report to activate the special offer. And if you sign up this month with the Roto-Report promo code and forward a copy of your sign-up confirmation, email that to rotavizradio at gmail.com, and you'll be entered in a drawing for a limited edition Rotoviz pullover. Eric was talking about that before. Uh, You definitely want in on that. So sign up for MyBookie, deposit money, and then forward us your email confirmation. We'll announce the winner on a future episode. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid, mybookie.ag. Now let's get into no shit, shit no. First item this week: Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was held to just four catches for 34 yards on nine targets on Sunday in the Steelers' Week Four win over the Ravens.
3: I would go shit no in terms of you know thinking the sky is falling for AB. You know this is this in a very tough situation with with Baltimore being a, a phenomenal secondary, and we've seen that they at this point seem to realize their issues on the road and want to run Le'Veon Bell. It was a good situation for them to do that this week. The Ravens were down a key defensive lineman, and and Bell eventually got there and and performed very well. So, you know, this could be slightly expected for Brown. Obviously, if you had him in in season long, you're you're never going to sit the guy. In DFS, you know, his price didn't make any sense to me, so I I had no exposure to him there. But, yeah, again, I'm not worried about Brown going forward.
2: Jeremy Macklin snagged three of six targets for 21 yards Sunday in the Ravens' week four loss to the Steelers. I think you got to go no shit with this. It's just bad. (laughs) The
3: Ravens are bad. Flacco's bad. The run game's bad. Macklin's a good player. uh, But, you know, there's a lot of other teams I'd like to see him on. Six targets is somewhat encouraging, but, yeah, the performance has been pretty bad. Um, I like Jeremy Macklin, the player. I don't like Jeremy Macklin in the spot that he's in right now.
1: James White caught 10 of 12 targets for 47 yards in the Patriots' week four loss to the Panthers.
3: I'm going to go shit no in terms of expecting that each and every week. You know, Patriots ended up losing this game. And, you know, if they're chasing, then it makes a lot of sense to throw to James White. Uh, you know, not the most efficient with only 47 yards. You know, you usually see, you know, a little bit more in terms of splash plays and things like that from him. But, yeah, if it's a situation where, I mean, you always pretty much want to start your Patriots, certainly. But, yeah, if it's a situation where you think it's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of points scored, the Patriots might be trailing this outcome was a little bit unpredictable. You certainly want to play white and, and bank on those targets.
2: Ezekiel Elliott rushed 21 times for 85 yards and a touchdown and caught four of five targets for 54 yards and a touchdown in the Cowboys week four loss to the Rams.
3: Yeah, no shit. This was Dallas at home just doing what they do. Um, you know, the Rams uh, certainly are, are vulnerable. In the run game, Alfred Morris had a huge run. So, you know, that was that was tilting. I was kind of out of my mind and faded Zeke in cash games on DraftKings and played Gurley, which turned out to be a phenomenal move. But yeah, if that Alfred Morris run was applied to Elliott, then that doesn't look so good. Uh, But yeah, this is just Dallas uh,
1: sticking to the game plan. Chris Hogan. He caught five of nine targets for 60 yards and a touchdown in the Patriots week four loss to the Panthers.
3: Hey, no shit. Just play your Patriots, play your Patriots, play your Patriots, whoever you got, put them in there.
2: Cooper Cup caught five of seven targets for 60 yards and a touchdown in the Rams' week four upset of the Cowboys.
3: Yeah, got to go no shoot again. We saw Larry Fitzgerald do really well in the slot against the Cowboys. Certainly, we're not going to equate, although they're almost the same age, we don't want to equate Cooper Cup with Larry Fitzgerald at this point. But yeah, this was a great play. Had him in a couple tournament lineups, unfortunately. Also had Mixon in there, too. So uh, yeah, seeing Cup perform fairly decent and get in the end zone was good. Uh, What we talked about with Mixon, not so good.
1: La Powell rushed 21 times for a career-high 163 yards and a touchdown. He also caught four passes for 27 yards against the Jaguars in
3: B4. Uh, Let's go shit no in terms of thinking this is like an every day or every week occurrence. I mean, this was the most like that huge touchdown run he had where he stumbled and fell quite literally. And just wasn't touched. All the defenders looked around like, hey, you touched him. I touched him. No, uh-uh. no. Oh, there he goes. There he goes. Huge touchdown. Uh, so there was, a you know, you, you benefited. And that was just dumb luck there with Pal. But he did very well. But, yeah, I think the Jags are, uh, you know, I don't know if it's just the strain of having to uh, be on the field all the time with, with the, the putrid offense or, or what the deal is. But that defense is looking more and more overrated as the weeks go by.
2: Alvin Kamara rushed five times for 25 yards and caught all 10 of his targets for 71 yards and a touchdown in the Saints' week four win over the Dolphins in London.
3: Yeah, breaking news. Adrian Peterson's plane ticket for the ride home is suddenly banned. He's he's going to be stuck in the U.K. for a while. At least that's what the Saints should do because, yeah, just go uh, Kamara. I, I don't know. They just were hell-bent on, on setting some money on fire because they hated Mark Ingram that much. I, I, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, I don't know if you can expect this week-to-week with, with Kamara. So it's, it's a shit no from from that angle. But, yeah, he's great. Um, You know, if, uh you know, as a flex option, that kind of deal, the Saints are always going to be looking to throw the ball. I just, you know, each it's counting a, a touchdown on from Kamara each and every week is is uh, is a bit much. But, yeah, if you've got him, he's he's a good flex guy or, you know, as these bye weeks roll along, you, you certainly could plug him in as, as a running back, too.
1: So, uh, yeah, uh, it's a it's a good spot for, for Kamara going forward. Elijah McGuire rushed 10 times for 93 yards and one touchdown. He also caught two passes for 38 yards against the Jaguars in week four.
3: Shit, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, Powell, it looks like he's going to be the guy going forward in terms of getting the most touches. So do you really want the number two back on the Jets? Probably not. But this is certainly encouraging if if McGuire is uh, still floating around on in, in Dynasty waiver wires or, or whatnot. He should have been a really popular pickup this week if if he was still around. Certainly. So it looks good from that standpoint going forward. You know, Powell, I believe, is like 28, 29. So he's he's older than than really we think about. So McGuire continues to, to show some of this. He, he could definitely be the starter by next year. So pay attention to that. But the rest of the season, season long, I'm not really interested.
2: Duke Johnson caught 9 of 10 targets for 47 yards while rushing four times for 13 yards and a touchdown in the Browns Week 4 loss to the Bengals.
3: Yeah, no shit, Duke Johnson. He's a good player. I, I wish they would they would run him more. Uh, for some reason, they they continue to see something with with Crowell, and, and each and every week, it just isn't <laughs> isn't really happening on the ground. So one of these weeks, they'll uh, hopefully let Duke, you know, run the ball ten or more times. The targets are, are phenomenal, and, and we love to see that. But I, I think there's certainly more. He's uh, uh, the University of Miami. They're leading rusher all time, so you know he's a guy who's been able to handle the, the workload. Going back to his collegiate days, I'd, I'd love to see uh,
1: the Browns try it here in the pros. Charles Clay caught five of seven targets for 112 yards in week four against Atlanta.
3: Yeah, no shit. I really like this matchup a lot. Atlanta coming into this week, more targets thrown to the tight end position against the Atlanta Falcons than any other team. The performance wasn't all that great. Uh, but, yeah, you could see this coming with with Charles Clay. And he's essentially their de facto number one receiver. They're using him. Uh, there was a down, They took a shot with him downfield as well. So you like to see that, yeah. This was just a great spot for for Charles Clay, and yeah, it's uh, I I, uh, I went really late tight end in my my home league, and uh, I dropped Hooper after week week one or week two to pick up Clay. So uh, I'm loving that.
2: Sammy Watkins caught one of two targets for 17 yards in the Rams' Week Four win over the Cowboys.
3: Yeah, you could go either way with this. Um, I would say probably shit no in terms of expecting only two targets each and every week. But it's no shit from the standpoint that, you know, this is kind of what's going on with, with Watkins. It, the Rams are, are doing a, a nice job of spreading the ball around. Gurley is proven to be a, a way more than capable receiver. We talked about Cooper Cup earlier. Robert Woods, a guy that I loved a ton prior to this trade and is still still looked good. I think he had a touchdown overturned in, in this game scored last week, I want to say. So, yeah, there's, you know, the, this Ram overnight or, you know, at least over the course of the offseason, this Ram's. Offense got pretty darn good. You know, McVay, I think, has a a bigger influence on this than than I certainly anticipated. But it's just unfortunate, you know, if you own Watkins
1: that you're not really reaping any of these rewards. Deshaun Watson completed 25 of 34 passes for 283 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. And he also ran for a touchdown in the Texans' week four blowout win over the Titans.
3: Yes, no shit. I started off last week's uh, Big Till podcast saying I was going to start Deshaun Watson, in cash. And I went ahead and did that. I think late in the week, Trevor Simeon, a lot of push got that way. But, you know, once they ruled out Crabtree, I just really thought that the Raiders offense could really flounder and, and they would end up running the ball a lot more. So, uh, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> kind of hard to predict, uh, you know, four touchdowns, uh, this type of performance that we saw from Watson. And although, uh, you know, he had another one on the ground, as you mentioned, but I mean, this was just the, the, the perfect setup at home. The Titans secondary is so bad. They've changed the personnel. It still stinks. Um, you know, I, as, as much as I loved him this week in in DFS, I'm, I'm still, still going to say I'm a doubter in, in terms of, you know, him look, I don't think he's going to be, you know, Michael Vick all of a sudden or anything like that. So, you know, if you're in a two quarterback league, I'm really interested on Anthony, maybe you want to chime in here. If you're in a two quarterback league, if you dangle Watson out there, what you might be able to get, I'm really interested to to try to find that out.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to comment on that quick. I'm like holding Watson so hard just because. I don't know, man. Like I kind of, I'm starting to buy in. Like I kind of think he's legit.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's
3: never. He's not gonna. Have, I don't think. mean, he's, he's not gonna have this kind of game. And the Titans are just so, so bad. So put him out. Put him out there. See what happens. But let's. Todd
2: Gurley rushed 23 times for 121 yards and caught seven of eight targets for 94 yards and a touchdown in the Rams' Week Four win over the Cowboys.
3: Yeah, no shit. I loved it. I loved it. You know, and you saw the the betting public continue to bet the over, continue to bet up the Rams just more and more. They they saw, you know, the Rams being a lot more productive, being able to accomplish quite a bit, even though they were on the road against the Cowboys again. I, uh, you know, I, there was a lot of these six K receivers I had to jam into my my lineup, and it wasn't going to happen with Elliott, so I went girly and uh, you know, I, I lived to uh, to tell about it. So it didn't look good for me early, but yeah, it certainly came around. Uh, yeah, I've been a girly doubter. If you check, you know, check my tweets, you know, we've seen him be bad for a, a year or more. You know, the end of his rookie season, he kind of fell apart there as well. So that was even you know, a little bit of an overrated performance. But hey, man, volume, volume, volume. That, that's really all that matters. And We knew all along they should be throwing to him. They finally do it this season. And oh, wow. Hey, hey, Jeff Fisher, the guy can't catch the ball. He's, he's pretty freaking good at that, too so uh yeah it's uh yeah i, I was a, a girly doubter but yeah it's it's looking pretty bad for me the schedule does get worse uh but it's really really hard at this point to uh to, to pass on all that volume
1: pete's boy amir Abdullah, he actually had a good game for once 20 carries 94 yards and a touchdown <laughs> the lions 14 7 win
3: wow well, yeah and you know i saw a, a little guy that the the jersey was a little ruffled so i saw it too i couldn't tell that second number but uh I saw the hips swiveling and, and those jukes and those moves. And I I had a flashback to like 19, you know, early nineties with Barry Sanders, one of those, you know, Abdullah put on some, some sick moves there. Uh, It's uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been so few and far between with, with hits on Abdullah, but uh, I'm going to go, I'll I'll go no shit. uh, Because, you know, although he's going to lose targets to Theo Riddick, I think, the threat of him losing goal line work, I, I think, is a little overstated. Especially, he, he was able to punch one in here from from short distance. So, I think we're okay on that front going forward. And he's on my Scott Fishbowl team, so I'm totally biased with this.
2: Tevin Coleman rushed nine times for 79 yards and caught four of six targets for 65 yards in week four against Buffalo.
3: Woo! Yeah, man. Shout out to Matt Kelly, the uh, the boss of player profile. This is his man, Tevin Coleman, and yeah, you know we've seen it. So no shit. Coleman is good. He's efficient. Give him the ball more and more and more. Led the Falcons in rushing yards. Led them in receiving yards. And if Sanu, and especially if Julio, if they're missing time, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, I don't know what the reports are yet. But if they they miss multiple games, Coleman's targets are going to go way, 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 way up because they got nobody else to throw to. So maybe we'll see Freeman and Coleman on the same field, whatever the case may be. But, yeah, Coleman – Coleman is a phenomenal talent. He just doesn't get as many touches, so not as many people realize
1: it. Devin Funches, seven of nine targets caught by him, seventy yards, two scores in a Panthers surprising win against New England. I'll say
3: shit no. Although this is great to see, you know, we expected the Funchess breakout to happen, you know, earlier uh, when when once Greg Olson went down. I, the Patriots are just so bad. Uh, and really this was a guy when I was setting DFS lineups, he, I had like that extra moment of hesitation, punch mm, Patriots so bad. And I passed. Uh, so I, I hopefully won't make a mistake like that again next week, but great to see just a, a phenomenal matchup though, but hard to see, you know, I don't know, maybe Cam Newton is back, but I don't know. The Patriots just sort of make everybody look good. So it's, it's hard to be a buyer long term.
2: Tyler Croft caught six of seven targets for 68 yards and two touchdowns in the Bengals' week Four win over the Browns. I'll say shit.
3: No, it's, uh, you know, I mean, Eifert, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. At some point, he, I would hope he comes back and we kind of nix this. It's just, I don't know, it's just hard to expect this week in and week out. It's great to see Dalton perform well, but, yeah, two touchdowns to tight end. You know, we've still got, you know, A.J. Green's going to command a lot. Uh, you yeah, know, Browns are bad, so, uh, um, not really interested in Croft. Uh, you know, rest of the season, anything like
1: that. Will Fuller made his return today to the lineup, and he caught four of six targets for 35 yards and two touchdowns in the Texans' win over the Titans.
3: Say no shit. I mean, anytime a guy's going to score two touchdowns, it's easy to not uh, not be a buyer in that being uh, a weekly thing. With Fuller, we want to see him get downfield and make big plays. And we know with Watson, as good as he looked, uh, the numbers con- from his ball velocity are really bad so it's just not a great fit watson can be successful in plenty of other ways and if he's gonna if he's gonna do it as a pro you know he's certainly uh, gonna do it that way but the, the deep ball making that consistent connection with fuller who we've seen have some really bad concentration issues and just securing the ball when he does get open i think it's just really hard to expect anything any sort of consistency out of him
2: Andy Dalton completed 25 of 30 passes for 286 yards and four touchdowns adding 29 rushing yards on four carries.
3: Shit yeah Andy Dalton yes more I want more Andy Dalton uh you know hey I I think I've got tweets and I know I've been on a podcast or two so this information is out there I had Andy Dalton outperforming Derek Carr on the season uh now if Derek Carr he, he left with an injury so if that's uh, a long-term thing, I guess I win this by default. But I'm a believer in Andy Dalton. You know, they made the switch with offensive, with the offensive coordinator, and lo and behold, you know, when you get the ball out quicker, better things happen. So I like the changes they've made. It's, it's certainly paying off. They've they've had some matchups to be able to do it as well. So yeah, Dalton. Dalton's
1: a guy I love coming into the season. So this is great to see. Gaudry Hopkins caught 10 of 12 targets for 107 yards and a touchdown in the Texans' Week Four win over the Titans.
3: Yeah, no shit. This was the money spot for, for yeah, anybody in a Texans jersey, <laughs> pretty much. So, yeah, Hopkins, play him in your cash games in DFS. You did something really, 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 really wrong. This was, uh, yeah, this was pretty much inevitable. Hopkins is just a target machine each and every week. So, yeah, this is what we expected. This is what we got.
2: Lamar Miller rushed 19 times for 75 yards and a touchdown and caught four or five targets for 56 yards and a touchdown. In the Texans week four win over the Titans.
3: I'm gonna say shit no, because Lamar Miller, I just I just don't think he's that good. Um, you know, this is certainly good for him in, in terms of holding off Foreman for, you know, a couple more weeks, maybe. But we've seen some some positive coach speak, you know, leaning towards Foreman, maybe being a three down type of back, that type of stuff. So I think they still want to get Foreman involved and pulling up the box score. I think he was a, Yeah, they gave him thirteen carries versus Lamar's nineteen, only forty five yards for him he had a long of, of 16 lamar only a long of nine so hey great you know he he got in the end zone twice was targeted a little bit as well but yeah foreman i, I think he's just a, a better player and you know we'll we'll see if that uh, comes to fruition by the end of the season
1: andre ellington caught nine of 14 targets for 86 yards in a cardinals week for a win over the niners
3: i mean, we say shit no it's just tough to buy uh, little Andre Ellington, he had a touchdown overturned as well, so yeah, his day could have been an even bigger one. I mean their backfield is is pretty bad, so I guess if we're in dire straits and he's still around he's he's not worth picking up, but i don't know. I would just have a tough time you know putting him in my flex or anything like that um so now i I'm not
1: a buyer fantasy football fans listen up if you love fantasy football, then you need to try my new favorite app draft he's how it works do a draft that lasts for just one week. There is no management. You just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. There's no trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Draft start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash. Draft start from just $1, so there is a draft for everyone. No salary caps. Play in a real live snake draft, just like you play with friends in a season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com. Whatever you want. And I can assure you that their computer interface is just as good, if not better, than their app interface. So you're not losing anything there by going PC for a limited time only. All new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use the promo code RVRADIO. That's right, play Real Money Game for free just for using my promo code Radio on your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to playdraft.com and play free with promo code RVRADIO. Now let's wrap up the show with a couple of more regular news items. Item number three, after a rough start to the season, Cam Newton broke out today. 316 yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception, but he did lead the Panthers to a 33-30 win over the Patriots we also saw him do a little bit on the ground 44 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown uh Eric simply put is Cam back wow that's tough I mean the the pan like I
3: said the uh, Patriots defense has just been so atrocious so it's easy to see really any quarterback with any sort of struggle coming in here and performing well at this point I mean, if you have Newton, you know, if you have Newton, obviously, you're going to, I think you're going to hold after this. You're pretty much just going to talk yourself into it by default with him scoring four touchdowns. You know, I, I, I'm not going to say he's totally back, but I mean, this is certainly the, you know, absolute best case scenario that, that you could have asked for.
2: I mean, the biggest story here, I think, probably is Devin Funchess, right? Who I guess was always kind of the best candidate to replace Greg Olson. He played, uh, Tight end for most of his college career, I believe, at Michigan. Um, So yeah, it's really encouraging to see him get some work and get uh, you know look really good with his targets. Um, I mean, like you said, it's the Patriots. I don't know if we can expect this to continue going forward, but I mean, that said, they didn't you know they weren't able to do much against the Saints, who are just as bad. Uh, So yeah, I'm I think uh, I'm really looking forward to what both cam and especially funches can do going forward i'm not buying
1: just yet i think that i want to see cam do it against a defense that's ranked higher than 32 out of 32 before i I start feeling good about him i mean i mean the patriots are the worst defensive football right like we just agree with that like they have not stopped anything all season and it's great if you own patriots offensive players because you, know, you don't have to worry about them ever being in garbage time, but I mean, my gosh, if they can't stop a nosebleed, it's unbelievable.
3: Yeah, it's so so bad. Actually, I'm just looking ahead to the schedule. And in two weeks on Thursday, he's got the Eagles who have like nobody in the secondary. He's got them on a at home on a Thursday night. So he might light that one up too. So I'm definitely gonna hold him And uh I mean I, I don't have him in any redraft leagues, but if I did, I certainly would would hold him through this game at the Lions indoors and then the eagles and then if he blows that up then i mean it's hard to trade a quarterback quite frankly but you know if he's got two really phenomenal performances within a span of three games and and people are thinking cam is totally back i would certainly be a listener at that point and
1: and let it be known that he's on the block yeah the eagles are pretty bad i mean think about i don't mean like go off on a tangent but like philly is like the kind of team that like doesn't realize that it's secondary is bad right like Jalen, like Jalen mills is awful and the Eagles the last three weeks all they've done is taken Jalen Mills and put him on like the other team's best receiver like they did it with Keenan Allen this week they did it with OBJ last week I forget who they did it with three weeks ago but it's like when is Philly gonna realize that like they just can't do that
3: <laughs> like, I, I don't know do they do they have bodies though I mean so many guys have gotten hurt I just if they wanted to do something about it I don't know if they could
1: gosh just get like in a zone and just like pray that that things work out Maybe I mean
3: when they're healthy when they're healthy, they have good safeties. You know, it's just the corners are so bad. So, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know, they got to get, get, get got to get their guys right, I guess. Just get them healthy.
2: All right, moving on to the final news item. Amari Cooper managed only two catches for nine yards on eight targets in the Raiders' week four loss to the Broncos. Cooper now leads the league in drops with seven and has just 110 yards through four games. Are you concerned? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: aren't you? Are we all? I mean, we knew he wasn't going to really kill it in this spot at Denver, but I mean, you know what, at least I know I saw at least one more drop on red zone. Uh, It's bad. I mean, it's really, really, really stinking bad. Um, You know, I I was joking with you guys before he came on. I want Amari Cooper to get LASIK surgery, and I don't even know what the state of his eyes are. Just do something. You know, this guy, I don't know if it's just bad reaction time every time. The ball comes on him quick. He's dropping it. You know, he's he's stunk in, in the red zone in short yardage, all those types of scenarios. Maybe he's just got bad reaction time and they just need to always throw it to him deep. I don't know what is going on. He may just have the yips at this point. You know, that's you know, you see some of these uh these pitchers when they try to throw to first, they, you know, sail it into the seats. I don't know if this is sort of the wide receiver equivalent with all these drops, but oh yeah, it's 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 really, really rough with Cooper.
1: I like I, I am like beside myself with the Cooper hate that has grown on Twitter. And like, it's, I'm, I'm pretty close to like just like burning the whole thing to the ground. Like, when, when was the last time that Amari Cooper was not good at football? The correct, I, an, the correct answer is never. The correct answer is never. He has always been good. Like, he was the best receiver in college football. I'm sure he was the best receiver in high school football. I don't even remember how, that long ago. He was the best receiver in college football. He's had a thousand yards for his first two years in, in the NFL at a young age. Like, the guy's a good player. So, like, that, that to me, is not in doubt at all. Now, the offense hasn't looked good. I think Derek Carr, he got hurt today. We'll see the deals with that. But he hasn't looked that sharp to start the season. Uh, You know, Cooper, obviously, is dealing with a little bit of the drops. But I'm chalking all this up to bad variants. I, I think that Cooper is still an elite talent. He's still only 23 years old. Like, I don't really see why anyone would be worried about Amari Cooper right now. Uh, I know that, like, the detractors are are eagerly jumping all over this. But I, I just think that you're an idiot if you don't think Amari Cooper is good at football.
3: I, mean, I, de- I definitely would want to buy him, and I'm certainly going to talk to people, you know, throughout the leagues I'm in, because yeah, I mean, overall, you know, we zoom out, and you know, these last what two, three games were bad. You know, in the opener, he did score. He, you know, should have had another touchdown or two, whatever. But yeah, you're right. I mean, within the first two seasons, we just don't see guys this young be this good, perform the way that Amari Cooper has. He is a good player. Absolutely. No doubt about it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still concerned if this because it's at a certain point, these guys are human beings and this stuff has to get in your head <laughs> at some point. So maybe in like two three weeks, you know, something happens. If Michael Crabtree were to miss additional games and we get softer matchups for Cooper and he just becomes an absolute like target monster, you know, then he's really going to uh, uh, expect at that point really take off. But yeah, I'm just I'm certainly concerned in the in the short term. But yeah, long term, I'm not I'm not about to you know throw this guy six feet under.
2: Yeah, I mean this in a lot of ways this game was kind of an outlier. I mean, Derek Carr got hurt and didn't even play the whole game. The offense only scored ten points, so they just couldn't really get anything going uh, at all. But I mean, yeah, some I think there probably is something to that idea that. getting into his head or it's the yips or something i remember actually when matt kelly was on uh wrote of his radio i think last week maybe they were talking about that sean siegel and matt were discussing that and you know mentioned how you could even kind of see it on the field just his reactions after a drop that um he's uh it's you know getting to him and that certainly can't be good i mean yeah it's definitely concerning. I guess it's hard not to be concerned when a guy has only nine yards on eight targets. But I think long-term, you have to buy. I mean, this guy had 2,000-yard seasons you know, right out of the gate, back-to-back. He's definitely a good receiver, so you have to be buying if you can.
3: Yeah, LASIK surgery. Amari Cooper, <laughs> somebody, somebody in, in Oakland or Las Vegas where they're heading as a promotion, if you're a doctor, bring Amari Cooper into your office. Don't even do anything. Actually, You don't even have to really give him the surgery. Just say you did it. He's got perfect vision now. Maybe placebo effect will take over. The Cart and the Cooper will just crush the rest of the season.
1: Here, here is the upcoming schedule for the Raiders. They have uh, Baltimore, Ugh. the Chargers, the Chiefs, mm. the Bills, the Dolphins, the Patriots. That's like their next group of games.
0: Um, that Baltimore so like in the, one. <laughs> yeah,
1: like in the short term, like you said, like the short term, it definitely makes sense to be worried. Um, you know, the schedule doesn't seem like it's doing them a ton of favors. I, I think that you can beat the Chiefs and the Bills in the secondary. But I mean, the rest of those defenses are pretty decent. Patriots think, but I think that, you know, the the Belichick like take away one guy thing is still is still around. So if it's just Cooper that they take away, that that's possible. So I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe we end up just chalking this up to a lost season. But I'm just like never going to be down on this guy. Because I, I just believe in the talent. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Fantasy Football Report. Special thanks to our guest, Eric McClung. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Eric McClung and get that thirty percent discount for subscribing to Rotaviz through the Rotaviz Radio channel, slash podcast And if you missed my announcement before, help us out, rate and review the show. You can find us along with the rest of the Rotaviz shows under Rotaviz Radio. We also have our individual feed for just this show. Search Fantasy Football Report on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Subscribe and leave us a rating and review. For Blair Andrews, I'm Anthony Miko. Thanks for
2: listening. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz
1: Report, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. And be sure to contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com.
2: We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount on the NFL Podcast homepage, Rotoviz.com
0: slash. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, Only on Showtime.